Welcome back. Episode 5 of the Water Podcast. As always, joined by my main man over here, Chris Adams. <laughs> That's I'm me. I'm Hunter McCamey. Uh, we're back. Episode 5, like I said. Our last one was a good one, I gotta admit. Our boy Taylor showed up. We had a, a damn good time. Um, I think everybody <laughs> knew that Taylor had a good time. For sure. You can tell if you haven't listened to the, that last episode. In the last maybe 15, 20 minutes, uh, we, we, we got in there a little bit. We're quite the experience. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, definitely thanks, everybody, for the ones that did listen in to that past episode, episode four. It was definitely a good one. Got some good feedback on that one. So we'll have to have a couple uh, a couple more guests on later this year. So yeah, definitely absolutely. sooner than later. Uh, but anyway, got a couple good topics to go over today. Starting off, as usual, with... Our little sipper of the night. You have found this gym. Uh, I had not even heard of this. Well, this distillery. Yeah. Which, uh, hey, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but I've been putting in quite a bit of research time here lately. And this mm-hmm. one, I have not heard of this one. And it is a Florida distillery, which. Yeah, and it caught it, my even eye. Even better. Yeah, it caught my eye. So I was, um, <clears throat> I was down at the. A local total wine and more. Yeah, a watering hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, which I don't. To be honest with you, I don't know. Is is do you do you feel like the total wine is looked down upon by the? Uh, that's a tough one. Okay. I don't. Is that a loaded question? Uh, you know, because you got this whole like support local thing, right? And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Total wine's a chain, so hey, yeah. to each their own. Whatever. I'm all about supporting local. You know, companies or of course. not even you know outside of even just um, you know um, liquor stores. Liquor store, thank you. Um, you know, support local whenever you can, right? Yeah. But hey, we all shop public sometimes. We all shop <laughs> at Total Wine sometimes. For so, sure. Hey. Yeah, I will say I I do need to do a uh, since you have been spearheading most of this project, uh, including sourcing the liquor. Um, although I've had a, I've had a couple in hand you here. Have, you have. Um, I haven't necessarily like got out and beat the bushes to see what I have locally in South Florida that might have a a fun pick yeah, or something because exactly. I don't remember which one it was but you had one that was like a store pick or something yeah, right that Knob Creek uh, uh I think it was a 10 year um 120 proof yeah yeah Yep, yep. Store Pixar. And hey, I'll give it to Total Wine. I've probably seen, not me personally, you know, ha- having them, but right. I've seen a ton of great store picks from Total Wine. So okay. they, they definitely are in that game. And yeah, and I, well. and I have seen that as well. I um, And you kind of, you know, you have to like wander the wall of bourbon uh, at Total Wine. You know, some things stick out and some things don't. Some things seem... Just the same old, same old, sure, you know, sure. like I'm always going to have a bottle of Maker's Mark at the house or Basil Hayden or Jim Beam or whatever, you know, whatever kind of rot gut, maybe <laughs> as my <laughs> uncle would call it, uh, you know, that you're going to have and maybe, you know, you get the cheap shit for putting ginger ale in it while you watch a college football game or whatever it may right. be. But yeah, so I was wandering uh, the bourbon aisle <clears throat> and trying to, you know, bob and weave and hide from the uh the girls trying to let you sample some bullshit tequila or whatever it may be total, um, total wine's got them 
Well, you know, no and shortage. I've also noticed, <clears throat> and again, nothing really against Total Wine, but I don't know if it's all Total Wines or just the one in South Florida, but they either must have got a new store manager or they really like went to like a team building ropes course or something because they really got everybody fired up in there to like help and ask questions like, what can we help you with? Can we get this? Can we see that? You sure. Can I show you this? Can I? And, and to be honest with you, <laughs> I, know you're going with I just fucking hate it. I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, I almost feel like that um, in certain places that, you know, it's great when you walk in and somebody's like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. If there's anything I can help you with, let me know. Me, personally, that's as far as you need to go. That really is. Now, I do appreciate people walking the floor. You know, like, I don't want to have to come hunt somebody down if the store is a big place like Total Wine and you got to walk around for 25 minutes to ask if somebody can get something off the top shelf out of a box or whatever. So it's nice to walk the floor, but like a, just a like a nod and a smile and a whatever – I don't need nine different employees coming up to like, give me a suggestion or sure. ask a question about like, what are you looking for? Or what do you like? Or do you like this? Or do you like that? I, mean, I just, I just don't like it. It's yeah. almost like, you know, your grandparents used to talk about kids, how kids should be like seen and not heard again. Mm -hmm. If I walk in somewhere, Hey, how you doing? Let me know if you need anything. Yeah. Perfect. So that's you in total wine. That's Seen, me in total wine. But not heard. I just just be there, but I just don't need all yeah. of it. Yeah. So anyway, I'm like standing there trying to, because I'm trying to look, and then I do a little googling while I'm sure, in there. Sure, you have to. I'm not checking prices, but I want to know like, okay, who is that, or is that mash bill mm -hmm. high and rye, or is it low in this, or is it, or where did this bottle come yeah, from? Because it doesn't always say some of those details right on the bottle but fortunately you brought a a gym like uh -huh. i mentioned earlier that actually does they're fairly transparent on the bottle so it makes it a little bit easier yeah it does and so uh again i was walking the wall um i was juking you know and, and moving around some of the sales associates and was able to concentrate for for at least a minute and i came upon this bottle that it looks like the bottle looks like a wallpaper <laughs> that you would find in some really cool like underground speakeasy yeah, bar definitely. somewhere i mean you've got the label over there what a, it, it's got like it's navy and it's got like flowers and like a tiger or a a jaguar, a tiger. Um, I don't know. It's got it's, some like floral patterns. Right. Yeah. It, it's very like you said, speakeasy. Um, I mean that. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever whoever designed the bottle <laughs> over at Manifest Distilling, which is where this is from. Yes. Uh, give whoever the design, the art designer of the bottle, uh, major props. And the juice inside is is also fantastic. It is. It, it's not only fantastic, but it's really interesting to me. Um, and this, so real quick, because I'm going to let you know, like, more about it than I do in terms of, like, you know, I'm, I'm playing catch up here a little bit with yeah. you in terms of bourbon and stuff knowledge. But Manifest Distilling 
comes out of my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, some people reference it as Duval. <laughs> so uh, Jacksonville in Northeast Florida. And so this was a group of four gentlemen that put this thing together in September of 2016. Um, you know, they've since grown. And they do some really cool stuff because they have American-made uh, distillation equipment. The grains are sourced from co-ops throughout North America. Um, you know, it's, it's just a really cool homegrown kind of vibe. Um, they do a lot of organic stuff, but where you mentioned and where I think is very cool is their sourcing. You know, some places are really kind of like, they don't say if it's their bourbon or whiskey or if they got it from their uncle or if they got it from the largest whiskey distributor in the world. Sure. You know, because we talked about this, I don't remember what episode it was, but in theory, you know, we could go to Total Wine and buy Jim Beam and have Taylor, our buddy, design a kick-ass logo for a bottle yeah. and just pour fucking Jim Beam in it and sell it and call it the off-the-water project bourbon. And, sure. you know, but the cool thing about Manifest is they're very transparent and they say transparency has always been a top priority for manifest so it's really really cool because they're like shedding some light on all of this and they feel that there's nothing wrong with sourcing um as long as you are disclosing it to the customer right and not only are they disclosing it but they're giving like a mash bill mm -hmm. on the bottle you don't have to go hunt for this um you know they're doing like i said they're doing some um organic stuff so and they tell you exactly like this one is organic this one is not um non-gmo citrus things like that so i got to give it to them there at least uh that even if i didn't particularly like the booze which i do um that i think they're doing some really cool stuff that maybe others should uh take a little hint i think you're absolutely right and you know they're in my opinion they're doing several things right so of course you got the the nice uh the nice look of the bottle and the labeling uh and let's let's talk about that price point real quick oh like yes yeah. well and before you say the bottle oh yeah, yeah what i what i like about the bottle is the bottle is not it's not overly art like mm -hmm. I don't necessarily need a bottle that I feel like that I'm paying $25 yes of the bottle like right. I don't I don't need it to look like a crazy sex toy I don't need it to be in the shape of a bald eagle flying of course I I'm I'm fine with it just being a bottle with a stopper in it cool like yeah. that's fine like I don't want it to take a sip of a bourbon that's $100 or $50 and then be like, well, yeah, you know, this could have been half the price if the bottle wasn't 
gaudy or ridiculous or and and you know who's really got space on a bar to like put a bottle that is in the shape of a baseball yeah yeah it reminds me a lot what you're talking about there reminds me a lot and i i hate dissing or calling out distilleries but so willet pot still you've probably seen the bottle yeah in the store it's super popular you can't miss it Right. It's like 50, 60 bucks, and it gets it gets a really bad rap for being poor, poor whiskey, poor bourbon. Um, you know, because the bottle's shaped like a pot still and all that good stuff, you know. But it, it's just, you know, the juice inside just doesn't really match up to the price tag. Um, but that's, you know, that that's the, the other side of this uh, argument. This bottle is very straight to the point. It's yeah. got a nice label on it. Um so yeah, we, we need to actually get into, so this particular bottle you have, so you said it's from Manifest Distillery. Yeah. This is the Manifest Whiskey Project uh, number four. So they're fourth, you know, uh, rendition of, of these different projects they've had. Yep. Um, and this one in particular is a blend of straight bourbon and rye whiskeys. Yeah. It's, it's a boo rye. It's really cool, which is not very common um out there in the uh the whiskey world so 47 percent alcohol so what's that about a hundred and uh no, 94 94 yeah yep, right. 94 yeah you're right sorry 94 proof uh this is batch one and like you said like you know you, you flip around the label and look on the back of it it tells you mash bills it tells you it's a four-year-old sourced you know rye um which is coming out of lawrenceburg you know indiana so that's going to be M- mgp um, and then there is a... There's a 60-40 that... Right? 60-40? Well, not the one that they source. The one they source was a... Um, excuse me, it's a high rye bourbon. So it's 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% malted barley. And Which they, isn't that... That is fairly in line with like... That rye percentage is fairly in line with like a... A Basil Hayden or something. It is, yeah, like a Basil Hayden, old granddad. Because I like a, a, a high, even though I don't typically like a rye whiskey. High rye. I typically high like. High rye bourbon. I like a high rye bourbon. I don't yep. like just like pure rye. Yeah. So it's a sourced uh, four-year-old high rye bourbon, and then they blend it with their own weeded rye whiskey. So there's a lot going on there. Yeah. There's a high rye bourbon and a weeded rye whiskey, which is 60% rye, 40% wheat. So you get the best of all the worlds. You get a nice little bit of bourbon with a sweetness. You get a little bit of that rye kick uh, with a little bit of spice in it. Because we've already had a a boo-boo when you bought <laughs> yeah. the elk, right? Yes. I meant to buy a weeded bourbon, and I bought a weeded, weeded whiskey, whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> which was 100% wheat. Wheat. Uh, luckily, that was delicious, though. It was not. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I, I didn't expect it to It wasn't a be, major party foul. No, not at all. Um, Taylor certainly enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Um, this one's interesting, though. And like I told you earlier, it reminds me a little bit of St. Augustine uh, bourbon. It's got a little bit of familiar kind of notes in there. You know, it's, it's kind of bright, you know, citrusy, you know, yeah. kind of floral. Um, if you read the back of the label here, they hint at um, a sweet tea note uh, <laughs> along with the cocoa, um, creme brulee. So, if, if you know, if you really want to get technical into those tasting notes, go yeah. for it. We don't typically go that far, but I just, you know. Yeah, I love the creativity just, behind yeah, it. Yeah, the creativity is good, and I like, we were joking earlier today. Like you know, when you when you see things that are like 
oh, you know, it's got notes of fig in it. <laughs> right. And I'm like, bitch, when was the last time you had a fig? Okay. Hey, there, there's, you know, not, not us particularly, but, you know, some of these master distillers, they're their noses, their their palates are oh for sure incredibly refined. This is, I'm I'm much more of a I can drink bourbon whenever and on on the skiff and smoke a cigar with it and exactly. and you know I can appreciate I like the taste of certain things, but I I cannot sit there and tell you that it's a yeah has all these wild crazy notes and all you mm-hmm. know like this the sweet tea I thought that was kind of a thought that was kind of cute you know yeah. that's in there you know like a, oh you know it's got a little a little mountain mountain dew notes mountain dew note yeah <laughs> but uh no that's it's it's really really cool I'm I'm not putting them down for that because like you said they do so much other shit right and 42.99 that's what I'm talking about 42.99 you know that you you look at those similar parameters and let's just say it's completely sourced. Not only, don't even throw in there that they're own, they're using their own, you know, uh, whiskey. Um, yeah, and they're like when the shit gets to them, like they are distilling it yeah. in house. Like yeah. they're getting grains and fruits, uh-huh. and they're distilling it. They're not like buying, you know, unaged liquor and then just aging it sure. in house or, or doing whatever. So. There's a lot of work going on there. A lot. As opposed to, you know, I mean, we've had a, a couple of bourbons here lately where they just went to MGP and mm-hmm. and tasted 50 samples and then went, yep, that's the one there. We'll call it Willie Smith's bourbon and <laughs> right. slap a label yeah. on it and hit you for 50 bucks. Like, exactly. And it, not that it's a bad, not that's no, bad, no. or that it tastes bad, right? but... These guys are putting in real work too. They are, and and it's at a good price. Like forty, forty two bucks is that that's that's a very fair price for what you're getting, especially yeah. from a blend of both you know straight bourbon and rye whiskeys, um, and at, you know a mid nineties uh, proof point. Yeah, this bottle, you know, if you you got it from a different place, you know, I, I could easily see a sixty dollar price tag on that thing. You know, um, so the price point's great. It, it's got a it's a very unique bottle, not only being a Burai, a blend of both. Um, yeah. But just, you know, the, the the transparency is really the thing that stood out to me. That's one of the first things I told you was, you know, you sent me photos of the back of the bottle and it had, you know, a paragraph of info about what's inside of it. And that's that's impossible to get on, you know, 90, 95% of other bottles out there. Yeah, and not just a paragraph about... The frou-frou stuff. Yeah, blah, like, blah, blah, blah. You yeah, know. it tastes like this. The history. And the, right, yeah. or whatever. No, these are like real numbers. So, yeah, major props to uh, Manifest Distilling. Yeah. And if you want to, uh, we'll, we'll throw them in there on uh, the gram For and sure. stuff. Uh, but, yeah, it's just Manifest Distilling. They, you the said Instagram. they uh, they also have a ton of vodkas, gins. Yeah, vodkas, gins. They have a they have like a citrus. So they have a potato vodka, uh, distilled from 100% non-GMO Idaho potatoes. Florida citrus vodka. They have a gin, which is an organic gin. They have a barreled gin. Which is also organic. Uh, I I'm not a gin person. Mm-hmm. 
but they they note here sometimes this is referred to as the whiskey drinker's gin. Hmm. So interesting. Good for them, but I'll just drink my bourbon. <laughs> uh, but it says our award-winning organic gin has spent time in a unique combination of new and previously used casks. So that's kind of cool. It's cool. Uh, they got a Florida botanical gin. They have a straight rye whiskey that's a hundred proof and organic. Uh, they got a 100% rye whiskey that's also 100 proof. Um, coffee liquor, batch one, 59 proof. Interesting. Got batch two. They make a Fernet, which, oh my God, it's. Fernet is something that is. I mean, to me, it's more of like a Jaeger type of a vibe. Yeah. Um, the, the, like, it's like a, they call it the bartender's handshake or it's like a nod to other bartenders. You know, I bartended at Ole Miss when I was there and it was great. And I, I hate Fernet. Um, <laughs> I had it for the first time when I used cause I used to travel with Trek. Sure. Trek safaris that I used to go to South America a lot and I had it at a hunting lodge in Argentina and they were like, yeah, it's, this is, we drink it down here all the time. They're like, we drink it straight. And we also drink it for net and Coke. And, uh, when I smelled it, I was like, well, either one of them sounds fucking terrible, Sure, but I'll go ahead and try it. Like when in Rome. Right. So for net is just, uh, it's bitter and it's herbs and it's, I don't know. I don't like it. Some people love it. There's also people out there that love herba mate, like the tea mm-hmm. mate, which they uh, they drink it hot in most South American countries, except in Paraguay. I think they usually drink it cold. Gotcha. But like Uruguay, Argentina, you know, they're they carry around this weird gourd, kind of a cup. It's usually like leather on the outside, and it you drink it out of like a metal straw and the metal straw has a spoon in the bottom, but it's like a strainer because hmm. you literally take the herbal tea and it's like in a big bag of just, it just looks like you took regular tea leaves and put them in a blender yeah. and then poured them in a bag. And then they pour the bag into this gourd and then they carry around like the little Stanley hot thermos container and they pour it in there and it's real hot and then they sip on it and they just pass it around the wherever you're at. And it is also fucking disgusting. Of course, yeah. It probably tastes like grass or something. Yeah, it's just dirt and <laughs> it's grass, but it's herbal. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things that like I mean, me, I also don't drink coffee. So I, I don't yeah. have a lot of room to talk yeah, in fair. terms of like whatever. But and I also drink Jim Beam, which I love. I was which, gonna say we also drink bourbon, which <laughs> yeah, most of the world. Which people be are like, like, Oh my god, terrible. I'm gonna stop listening to this guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, for, they they make a fernet, I guess, and um, uh, they have a honey a honey rye whiskey, hmm. and then of course they have a manifest whiskey project, and they have done three of them. They did one in 2016, one in 2019, and one in 2021, and then this one, number four, has not been talked about or updated on the website. So <laughs> content since no one from manifest distilling <laughs> will ever listen to this podcast. Uh, hopefully they'll just do it because it's time to yeah, do it. Hopefully 
But it, you know, it's really, really cool because it's just um, in. It looks like in the in number two, they had two thousand gallons of Intuition Ale Works Under Dark Stout were utilized. Um, Intuition Ale Works is a Jacksonville-based cool beer, okay, uh, craft beer kind of deal. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Intuition makes. I remember when we were living in Jacksonville, that kind of was just getting going. They used to make a like a regular light beer lager that was called like a John Boat, I think gotcha. is what it was called. It was great, um, even though I'm not much of a beer guy. But, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. So they use some local, like super local, as in from Jacksonville mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, and it's weird. They've also, they also bought like some old Seagram's from another place. And, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's when, when you really, like, start to read about it, you're like, man, these, these four dudes really got something going on here. I yeah. mean, it's a much bigger team now, but, yeah, I can dig it. It's pretty cool. I, I'm seeing a few companies start to pick up this trend of being, like, super transparent, you know, whether it's on yeah. the label or on the website, whatever. We'll have to take uh, a field trip up there. Yeah, definitely. Play a little golf I, and I, I'm down for stop that. in. Yeah, yeah. there's, uh, there's a YouTube channel. Um, I'm sure a couple of people will – will know this name but the bourbon junkies it's a fairly like uh you know a bigger youtube channel mm-hmm. been around for probably three four five years now they're oh, they're actually doing their own line of whiskey and bourbon uh it's called virtue okay and they also are kind of on those same lines of being super transparent and you know they're obviously they're they're sourcing their stuff but it's one thing to source it and be kind of hidden about it, and it's another thing to be, you know, to source it and just be transparent, and tell people what it is. So, hey, yeah, props to you, a manifest, and and even you know, virtue and all those guys. I even bought some uh, some bourbon out of um, out of uh, Montana recently. Um, yeah, that uh, you want to talk about transparent. So Montana uh, Dry Hills Distillery out of Montana. All right. Uh, I got I picked up a a bottle of their bourbon, a bottle of their uh, weeded bourbon, mm-hmm. and a bottle of their raspberry vodka, which is a good little summertime drink. And then uh, also some sure. of their some of their gin. Um, anyways, uh-huh. they they are. Let me get this uh, this correct here. It is a. Uh, what's it called? Farm to glass is what it's called. So you you know you got your farm to table restaurant. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is for the distilling world out there. How creative! Yeah, I like so, it. I can dig it. Yeah, they grow everything. You know, they've been farmers forever, right? Years and years, generations. Yeah. But more recently, in the past decade or so, uh-huh. they've been turning these uh, you know crops into alcohol. Liquor. Yeah. So you know, I feel like that's a very common connection it is it's I feel like some farmers back in the day were probably like huh. you know we can make we can make liquor out of this uh-huh, shit right uh-huh yeah so it's it's going a little bit mainstream there's a couple out there dry hills is one a couple other like bigger names uh Frey ranch out of nevada they've been doing it too okay but it's definitely uh in that whole realm you know just being transparent and kind of doing like a little bit different kind of vibe than these you know big mainstream distilleries it's kind of cool to see that just like literally like this year alone yeah, um, it's it's picking up speed. I'm sure there's been a couple people that have been doing it for years, but sure, we're seeing it more and more. It's cool, definitely a cool deal. So, Wait. anyway, I think we covered enough bourbon. Let's yeah. move on a little bit. One thing we haven't talked about yet that I have been itching, and I mean itching, itching, talk about. 
mm-hmm. is some Braves baseball. Yeah. Which I know you're a fan. Oh, of um, course. I mean, y'all are good. Yeah. Well, I feel like – are you not a little bit of a Braves fan? No, I'm a, I'm a Braves fan. So, I uh, – when I was younger and played ball, I, I was a Cubs fan and I was a Braves fan. Okay. Mainly because, you know, being – a kid and growing up in that, like, you know, I just turned 41 last week, so mm-hmm. you can date me there in, t- in terms of, like, you know, all right, so you were in the 90s when you were, like, really watching sports and middle school and playing and all that, starting sure. to really play competitively. So I um, – the school that I went to in Jacksonville is the same school that uh, Rick Wilkins that caught for the Cubs went and then also more notably – Chipper Jones played at. Yeah, pretty big name. So, yeah, people have heard of Chipper, right? <laughs> so, Larry is oh, his. Oh, Larry. Larry. Larry Jones, That's yeah. it. So, Chipper played there. So, Rick Wilkins' father, they were they were from Jacksonville. Rick Wilkins' father coached us in Little League along with another one of my buddy's dads. And so, we had, like, that little connection and I, I didn't even touch a baseball until I was 12 years old. Like I played traveling soccer and, and all that stuff. And I would play baseball, you know, like Sandlot style with my buddies. And they were like, you can play. Like, why don't you come play Little League with us? And I was like, cool, I'll play Little League. Why not? And uh, so then kind of got roped in with them and off I went, right? Yeah. Um, so that connection with like Rick and then our Little League team – was the Cubs because of that. Sure. And then in Jacksonville, we got – we saw two baseball teams. We saw the Cubs on WGN Network right. out of Chicago, and we saw the Braves on TBS. Yeah, baby, turn. So you were a Braves fan and a Cubs fan or one – you know, all National League, obviously, ball. Um, this was before the Marlins, before the – Tampa Bay Devil Rays, like all that stuff. Now, the Marlins came in soon, quicker. But really, like, we didn't see a lot of Marlins ball in North Florida. And it it felt like we almost associated more with, like, the Braves than we did with South Florida. It it was very weird. Um, So, anyway, I was a Cubs fan, and I played first base, and I wore 17 through my whole baseball career uh, that didn't go past high school, really. And um, I wore 17 because of Mark Grace. So I was a big Cubs fan. But, like, we had the Braves. So I was a Braves fan as well. And so it was a big big day when the Cubs and the Braves played. That was was always cool. I got to see uh, them actually play in Atlanta. So it was good. The only – Brave Stadium that I have not been to yet is the current one. The new one, true. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I had been to the the two before it, um, but uh, Fulton County and uh, what was the other one? Gwinnett. No. No. Uh, Turner Field. No. What do they call that? The one that they used in the Olympics and then turned it into baseball stadium. The old one. Yeah, but not the old old one. The old old one was Fulton County Stadium. I think it was Turner Field. I think it was Turner. Yeah. 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 So Turner was the one that they used in the Olympics in 96, and then the Braves played on that until, what, three years ago? Two, yeah. Actually, it's probably been three now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Something like that. Tourist field. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I haven't been to the newest one or whatever. But, um, yeah, so I was a Braves fan as well because Chipper, you know, being the high school guy. Of course. Uh, and then we just liked the Braves in general anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the 90s, we got to see some really great baseball from them. So it was hard to, like, not like – of course. All of that, because that's the only baseball on TV that I was really exposed to Yeah, was the Braves. And the yeah, I feel like that's a common theme with a lot of people in the southeast. And I mean, I'm talking Tennessee and Georgia and the Carolina. Like, a lot of people grew up Braves fans because, like you said, that, that was kind of the only team that was really on TV consistently, especially – Go back in the 90s of the 2000s, you know, yeah. Braves were just always on. Well, so. I guess, too, if you really think about it, like, if you look at a map in the 90s, I don't even remember. I'm going to look here. When the Marlins were founded. Um, I'd say got to be, what, mid-90s? I would say, like, early to mid-90s, right? Because, um, of course, they're the they, Miami Marlins now. They had a couple good runs in the early 2000s, I believe. Uh, yeah, 93. Yeah, 93. Okay. 93. So, but like I said, by 93, you know, we'd already had like the Cubs and the Braves. I mean, the Cubs were terrible, mm -hmm. but the Braves weren't. And we got a lot of, I think I ended up seeing more Braves baseball because I feel like the Braves played Seven o'clock, seven o five. Excuse yeah. me, not seven o'clock. Seven o five on TBS. <laughs> every, I feel like out of one hundred sixty-two ball games, we probably saw one hundred and sixty of them. Well, they had their basically their own broadcast network. So it, I well, mean, sure, exactly. <laughs> come on, you know. Well, and two, like I was just about to say, like not something stupid because I know better than this. But when I was going to say, I feel like I saw more Braves games because the Braves played at seven o'clock at night because. The Cubs didn't play nearly as many games at night, but that was because at one point in time that Wrigley Field had no lights. But mm. I don't remember – I'm sure that Wrigley had lights uh, – let's see when they put the lights in. When they put lights on Wrigley Field. Yeah, in 88. So, like – I mean, yeah, I was born in 82. They put lights in in 88, but – I think for a while, like, they still didn't play a shit ton of night games yeah. at Wrigley. I just I just don't think they did that too much. You know what I mean? Like, and I could be completely wrong. And I could just be, like, trying to remember 10-year-old Chris. Yeah. But I know we watched the Braves play at 7.05. <sighs> yeah, I think that's just Fucking... that's a, that's a staple for so many people yeah. in the South. And, I mean, like I said, you, you go – you well, who else did you have, right? So if you went west, you didn't have another ball team until Kansas City. Yeah, like Texas team. Houston, yeah. St. Louis. Right. So, like, you had to get to, like, Missouri, which, I mean, granted, Missouri is only really separated by Tennessee. But mm -hmm. with Missouri, I mean, yeah, they play in the SEC now, but they ain't in Southeast Conference sure, as sure, far as sure. I'm concerned. But <laughs> we'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. But when you when you start to look at like the core, you know, there was no ball team in Tennessee. Nope. Not in Kentucky. Nothing in Kentucky. Now you had you did have the Reds, which the Reds were in Cincinnati, which is technically in Kentucky, which is technically not. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's a fucking Reds fan. No. Right? No. Um so 
You had obviously you had the Reds, but you had no team in Alabama, of course. No. Louisiana, no. Mississippi, Mississippi. no. The Carolinas, no. No. So then you were gonna like, there's nobody in Virginia. No. Now, granted, you've got the team and you got DC. Sure, but that yeah. That's, but that's, that's still not, the, not. That's not the southeast. So before 1993. If you're in the state of Florida or the other surrounding seven or areas, eight states, yeah, you're watching, who are you going to watch? You're watching the Braves. You're yeah. watching the Braves. Yeah. So I think that's why we had so many. Yeah. And maybe and then, maybe yeah. that's why they were sort of like America's team. I agree. But, you know, of the Southeast, right? I mean, I, I don't even want to compare them to the Dallas Cowboys because whatever. No, but, no, no, no. But you know what I mean. It, yeah. I think it's kind of the same vibe, right? I, I do think a lot of it has to do with the TV exposure. I mean, that's, you know, that's a huge part of it, especially like you said, 7, 7.05, every, you know, pretty much almost every day when, when uh, you know, it's baseball season. Right. They're playing a game, so it's on TV. That's that's what people watched at night. They didn't watch fucking Jeopardy. They watched the Braves play. Yeah, so. and we didn't have – we couldn't Netflix and chill. Right. We had no Hulu. We had nothing. So it was like, I, we're going to watch the Braves. Or if it's Friday, we're going to watch TGIF. Yeah, exactly. You know, or I don't, I don't remember when Home Improvement came on. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure it was a primetime slot on one of those nights. That was 30 minutes at, what, 8 o'clock or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I wasn't watching Seinfeld then. Right. So you watched the Braves. Yeah. Like, and of course, <laughs> the, they dominated the 90s, even though yeah. they only won, what, one national championship, I think, 95. but Or, or I should say World Series, not yep. national championship. But, um, you know, they, they were stacked. They mm. won – Almost every division in the '90s, like they, you know. Yeah, they should have won more. They should have won a lot more World Series, but that's neither here nor there. Is um, what it is. But yeah. Anyway, let's fast forward to 2023. Yeah. I think we 30 got, years later. I think you know. Obviously, I, I can say this now because they're you know kicking ass and they're you know pretty much leading the entire MLB with uh, you know their winning record and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, I can. Back this up that I've had many conversations with a couple close friends, probably even you at the beginning of the season, and said that this was going to be the season that they kick ass. Yeah. Um, you know, even the Dansby Swanson when they, you know, traded him to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. No sweat off my back. See you, buddy. Like, sure. It just didn't didn't phase me whatsoever. When 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 did they uh, when did they get rid of the uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Ray Freeman? Yeah. That was two years ago? That would have been, yes, because this is Matt Olson's second season playing. Yeah, and, again, same thing. Like, you know, Freddie was great, heart of the team, and so was Dansby, and I think that's what was a big thing for people is, you know, you got to have that leader in the locker room. Yeah. And, and I think Dansby was more that role than even Freddie was. Sure. But you look at the guys that we got in replacement, and, and specifically for Freddie, we got Matt Olson in that trade, which – that guy is put on a show, man. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about obviously he's a couple of years younger or, or even more like a couple. Um, and Freddie won the MVP, you know, whatever, right? But but Olsen, man, Olsen's got a lot of potential. And our team as a whole has a ton of potential. Um, yeah. I'm really hoping we can keep it going through the rest of the season. I'm a little worried about our pitching, but yeah. Um, what I've seen out of the Braves this year is they're, they're very much um, – they're a streaky team, meaning, you know. They win 10 in a row. 
they'll also lose four in a row or five sure. in a row. Which, you know, hey, you can't win every game. Right. I'm just hoping that uh, those wins, those win streaks, keep it going in the playoffs. I don't want to hit, like, you know, right. a losing streak going to the playoffs. That's what yeah, and you lose four look. straight and you yeah, go home. Yeah, you go home, yeah. Which, uh, you know, hey, playoffs are playoffs, regular season to regular season. So, yeah. When that time comes, I'm hoping we uh, we get those pitchers, you know, rested up and and uh, stay away from those injuries. We got Freed back, so that's you know definitely going in the right direction. Yep. Some of our older guys are stepping up. You know, Morton's had a couple of good games recently, but uh, you know, a little, little shaky on the pitching staff here and there. I think our bullpen is is uh, is much better shape than our starting pitching, um, and of course our batting and fielding. Ain't got to worry about that. That's that's doing just fine. Sure, sure. But uh, I'm really looking forward to these last, you know, last probably what we got about a month, barely a month left till we get to October. So mm-hmm. just started a road trip with uh, the the uh, Giants. I think we go to Colorado next, and then uh, got the Dodgers, and then we're back home. So we shall see, man. Yeah, right. But, what is uh does wife? Does she watch baseball at all? No, no, no baseball. I tell you what, uh, second, so it goes, you know, as far as loving baseball in the household. Yeah, you know, I'm right there at the top. Yeah, um, followed very closely behind My me is is mom. our is, no is our border collie Kobe. <laughs> uh, dude, Kobe is a baseball guy. He loves it. Really? Uh, yeah, you can turn it on TV. You can put highlights on TV, and that guy. I mean, he's he loves it. Nice. I don't know why baseball, baseball and golf. You know, but That's um, funny. Yeah, Jen's not much on the baseball thing, um, you know, kind of boring to watch mm-hmm. if you ask her. And, hey, I, I get it. Baseball can be boring to watch sometimes, sure. let's be honest. Um, we went to a game. That was two years ago? Two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, you it was went to right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We surprised my mom. Uh, my cousin Seth helped uh, make all that happen. It was his idea. And yeah. uh, Jen and I flew up into Atlanta and then um, – Surpriser for a game. It was Love actually it. the game the Braves clinched the division that year. Sweet. Uh, so it was a pretty special game. But of course. Yeah, man, got to give a shout out to my Braves. It's a uh, hell yeah. Long time tradition with, especially my mom. Right. Yeah. Like, well, that's what I said, mom, when you yeah, said about like the next. That she that, was. Yeah, I, I mean, knew yeah, she was big. Oh, I mean, you, you want to talk about family status, then yeah, she's top of the list. There yeah. ain't no beating mom in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you were talking in home. In home, yeah. Right. Um, no, I feel you. Yeah, she's the one that got me into the, the Braves baseball. So, yeah, her and my dad have followed them for a long time. They went to they went to games back when, you know, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So Back when I did. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And mm-hmm. even farther back, 80s and oh, for sure. maybe even late 70s. But That's awesome. Yep, yep. Long tradition there, but um, I think that's probably enough about the old baseball. We got to get yeah. into. Uh, we got to talk about my boy Hovland. Just around. You want to do some golf first? Okay. Or what are we doing? Yeah, let's do golf. Let's do golf. We'll end it with football. That's what I was going to get oh, okay. into there, but let's do golf. Well, we won't spend long on golf, but. Yeah. So I'm a Victor Hovland guy. I think everybody's a Victor Hovland guy. And, and to be honest with you, I wish that. Uh, I wish recently that I. Well. I take that back. It's not that I wish that I had more time to watch golf as of recent because I don't. I wouldn't rather be watching golf than fishing sure. like I have been. But uh, I'm just happy to see that Victor is uh, is playing up to where, you know, playing and winning. Because I always felt like, 
And I know we had talked about this too, and this was a couple of years ago. You know, we used to play front nine Fridays and stuff like that. I was like, man, I just feel like that if Victor can, if he can just, if he can win one, yeah, he might win twenty one. You're right. So it's kind of like, and even this year, hadn't he had been in at the end of last year's shit? I feel like he was like really super close a oh, couple he, times. Yeah, even definitely. in big ones, small ones, all of it, he was just kind of like right there, and then. And then you'd hit one in the water or some shit on 16, and you'd be just like, yep. oh, fuck. And yep. you were just like, well, there goes that one. Right. And he was like tied for third like 800 times, I feel like. you know. So don't quote me on these stats. But then, yeah. I mean, he goes out and shoots a 28. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. On what, the back at the BMW to win? <sighs> yeah. He shot a 61 on the final day. I think it was a 28 on the back. Um, yeah, Jen and I watched that final round. And wasn't round. he like – I think he was like seven or eight back at the beginning he was. of the day. He didn't even get much coverage because it was Scotty and Fitzpatrick that were like, you know, head to head the final day. And yeah. then Victor finally got coverage, you know. At like 15 or 16. It, it was basically like he'd already finished and those guys were still playing, obviously. And then yeah. it, he finally started getting coverage. Yeah, they were it, like, oh, know? oh, hey, by the way. Oh, yeah, this guy's shooting a 61 out there. Yeah, did you yeah. guys realize he shot a 28 on the back? That's yeah, crazy. Know? Right. Um, and, of course, this past weekend, uh, today is August, what do we got here, 28th. Uh, yesterday was the final day of the FedEx Cup uh, at Eastlake in Atlanta. Um, once again, Victor just puts on an absolute show Yeah. Uh, to finish it off. And, and hey, props to um, Xander Shoffley as well. Guy shot a 62 and still lost by like four or five strokes. Because Victor shot a 63. You know, it's just like yes. he doesn't let up. There's just no letting up from the gas pedal. Uh, yeah. Um, and it, you can't. You can't. Because right. you – I mean, I'm not a professional golfer here, as, as I think uh, the four episodes before this have proved that. But, yeah, you just got to be real. If you're playing and you're playing well and you got to – you know, I'm not saying that, you know, you do like a – pull like a 10 cup move yeah you know but like i feel like if you start aiming for the middle of fairways and you start laying up i feel like some bad shit's gonna happen yeah or somebody's just gonna flat out catch you sure somebody's gonna be like victor and shoot 61 on the last day mm -hmm. and you have like a pretty good round of golf and the guy comes from like six or seven or eight back and wins Cause you're out there fucking off. Yeah, shooting just, 66. Yeah, like, just, that's bad. Right, <laughs> you know? like that's bad. But like you know, you go out there and you you know you hit too many three woods down the middle of the fairway yeah, and play you, a little safe. You know. Yeah. Next thing you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, Jen and I watched um, watched the final day yesterday, and it was an absolute treat. There's not that's awesome. there's not many days that we can actually just kind of sit at home, chill at home on a Sunday and watch most of the final round. Right. You usually catch the last half of it, the first half, whatever, right? Sure, sure. And, man, I'll tell you, it, there's one thing to just look at Victor's scorecard and be like, man, that's a good damn round of golf right there. Yeah. It's another thing to watch almost every shot. What a I just difference. constantly be like, oh, man. I mean, I'm talking oh, like – Oh, man. Of course, he had a couple bad shots, right? But – I'm talking almost every fairway. Yeah, otherwise he'd have shot a 58. <laughs> right. <laughs> a 52. But I, I, yeah, yeah, but I know, I know you're talking about Eastlake and not the yeah. other one. But, yeah. Um, 
every single fairway, almost dead middle. You know, like of course he missed one or two. We're not, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Almost dead fairway every single time. And you got Shoffley, you know, hitting it five, ten yards into the rough. You mm-hmm. know. So then you go to your second shots, and Victor's hitting it, you know, less than 12 to 10 feet away. Right. And Shoffley's hitting it, you know, 15 to 20 feet away. Yeah. Victor's draining every single putt. Like, not even – they're just dead center almost every time. Yeah. Perfect speed just drops right in the cup. What uh, – just – if you play golf, you'd understand. Like, for those of you that don't play golf and watch, and you're like, oh, that looks like a pretty good shot. Yeah. Like, those guys are so good at what they do. Um, and Victor's on a tear. I just – like we were talking earlier, I just worry about the Ryder Cup because I think he's going to smoke some of our U.S. guys. Sure. Unfortunately, he's just on an absolute rampage right now. But I would be curious to see, though, because I'm, I'm, I root, obviously, for the home team. Uh, but I am, a, I am a Hovland fan. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's just some times, though, that guys – and it's it's uh, I'm forgetting who it is, but there's somebody. Is it is it Scheffler that's like never won a fucking Ryder Cup match or something like? It isn't there somebody be. out there that's like, we'll say not that good of a golfer, but it's like never lost a match. Definitely, it, that's very common case. You know, when you're going head to head versus. You're you're just it's you going against the field. Yeah, it's a lot. And like it's just different. you're just playing golf. Yeah. Yet now you're head to head, and you're having to like really concentrate on. Okay, is that guy hitting a driver? Right. Do I feel like I need to hit the driver because he's hitting a driver? Yeah. Or like, is he? You know, you, you watch an approach shot and you're like, oh, he's in the bunker. Like, okay, well, does that now mean that? I should put on the gas a little bit, right. or does that mean I can play it a little safer because he now also has to have a bunker shot? So <sighs> it's tough. You know, I, I could again. I'm I'm a Victor Hovland guy, <laughs> but I also root for the home team. Yeah. So, and and I mean that by the U.S. US team. Not right. I know they're playing in Italy, so that would the home team would technically be Team Europe. But right. I'm talking America. America. I want us to win, (laughs) but I'm very, I'm always curious about that because you just, you know, you look at guys that are just fucking on top of the world and they're winning everything and they go out to the Ryder Cup and they're like, almost look like they forget how to fucking play golf or vice versa. Yeah, it's just a different game almost. And I guess that's why you have the qualifiers and then you have the captain's picks. Right. Because who's to say like, there's been so much made of uh, Justin Thomas. Yeah. Like the bottom of the barrel this year. And not that he was the bottom of the barrel, but, you know, he doesn't make the FedEx Cup by like one place, right? They take 70 and he's 71st or something. Very close, yeah. But then they've also like ragged his shit a little bit. You know, I love that Tiger, I don't know if it's like really true and how the quote went, but I do like that it's like, yeah, well, he got married. That's why his (laughs) fucking golf game went to shit. Just great, but... And I'm not saying that he should or shouldn't or whatever, but that would be an instance of, like, maybe you have somebody that wins every fucking match, 
but he's 50th or 70th or whatever in the world. Yeah. And then, you know, you could, that's, that's you, very could, true. you could really win back some fans if you finish the year not so great in FedEx Cup points and you go out there and you – Win a couple matches in the yeah, – Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You bring it to the house. I was looking this morning, and, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this off the top of my head, but I, I could be a little wrong on these numbers. I want to say Rory's match record is like 12, 12, and 3. So you take one of the – literally the yeah. best golfers in the world, top three – Whenever date time frame you want to talk about, and he's basically you know take away those three ties, right? He's basically even, right? Yeah. Um, I'd bet you even Tiger's record would be a little a uh, little interesting to look at. You know, I'm sure he's yeah. got a winning record, but I'd say he's got a couple losses in there that would probably surprise some people. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Ryder Cup is that's that's a whole another ball game. It's not the, it's not a PGA Tour event where you're going against the field and kind of just playing golf by yourself. Yeah, it definitely is a def- different ball game. Um, and the Europe the European team is obviously Hovland's one to look out for. They got Rom, who you you know you could never take that guy out of the equation. Yeah. Then you got Rory, a um, couple notables there. I will say the U.S. Uh, not only the qualifiers, but the potential captain's picks, you still got to give it to the U.S. You know, that, that depth, that – I'm going to call it a bench, but w- whatever it is, the, you know, yeah. the, the picks, the alternates, whatever. Those uh, – the, the depth of the U.S. team is – I mean, you can't bet against them. So. Right. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> Mickelson has the worst Ryder Cup record. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Now, granted, that, he's played in the most. He's played in 12. Yeah. But he's got like 22 match losses. Wow! Wow! Rory is 12 and 12. You 12 are right and 12. about that. Okay. Um, Fuzzy Zeller is one and eight. Oh. Uh, Mickelson is 14, 18, and six. Okay. Uh, so this is a little bit dated, but Jim Furyk nine and 17. Ooh. Tiger. Uh huh. 13 and 17. Yeah. Surprising. Keep in mind, I'm, I'm leaving ties out of this because sure. I don't give a fuck about ties. Yeah. But Tiger Wood, 13, 17, and 3. Yeah. Who would bet that Tiger is a sub 500 match play guy? I would and not have thought that. I wouldn't have thought that either because I feel like that Tiger could so easily get in your fucking head about, like, you know. But yeah, Phil Mickelson. 22. He's 18 and 22. I think you also got to consider that those are not exactly head-to-head matches. I think those probably include like your four balls, you know, your sure your two v two games. Sure. So yeah, you, you know, you add a little bit of a different thing going but on still. there. But still, you know, that's that's surprising. Yeah. Very surprising to see a losing record from Tiger. That's that's different. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, hey, you know, got about a month away from the Ryder Cup. It's going to be in Rome. So that's uh, Rome, Italy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, should be interesting. Like I said, I, I you know, you got to put your money on the U.S. team. There's just so much depth there. And, of course, you got the captain's picks are up in the air a little bit. You got Kepka out there. You got JT. Yeah. Um, How about Arnold Palmer's 22-8? and eight? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Somebody coming through with a winning record. Golly. Shit. And, like, that's by, like, a lot. Oh, this is who I was thinking of. 
because they talked about this in the Netflix. Oh, the full full swing. Full swing. Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter. Who is that guy's? Like you almost want to be like. You almost want to be like. I'm sorry. Who the fuck is Ian Poulter? <laughs> like if you know, yeah. if we brought a hundred men and women golf and non-golf fans in here, or I'm sorry, a hundred non-golf fans, men and women, have been like, "Do you guys know who Tiger Woods is?" Yep. Phil Mickelson. Yep. Greg Norman. Yep. And you go, "What about Ian Poulter?" And they go, "Who is that a real name?" <laughs> yeah. Ian Poulter is twelve and four. Yeah, that's. Hey, respect right yeah. there, and, man. And that's like, you know, a current guy. Because some of these guys, like Tom Kite is good, but he's long gone. <coughs> you know, Lanny Watkins yeah. is good, you know. Seven and three and four balls, four and two in single, and 20 and 11 overall. Wow, that's stout. You know, Colin Montgomery is like. He's European, I think. 20 and nine. Of course, Colin Montgomery, Team Europe. But. Yeah, you know, you have, like, a couple of these names, like Sergio Garcia is very good. Faldo, but Faldo's good all around. But True. Yeah, it, that's who I was trying to think of. Ian Poulter. What the fuck? Seems like a great guy. Great family man, you know? But then you're kind of like, I'm sorry, what? Who is this? Yeah, and there's there's a couple more on the European team that are exactly like that. But you yep. just never know. They might just show up and pull off a win. That's it. We'll see. I, I'm really interested in these captain picks, though. Uh, captain's picks. Um, I think Kepka's a shoe in. I mean, he won a major. You know, the whole live thing aside, I think you gotta you gotta put old Brooksy in there. Um, I don't yeah. know about JT. JT's obviously had a rough year. That's a tough one. He's usually always in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, that was up in the air. Fowler's kind of in the mix. Um, I don't, I don't know about old Ricky for this this go around, but I could be. You wrong. don't think so? I don't know. I mean, he had a win. You know, he he's been obviously much improved over the past couple of years. Yeah. I just don't. I don't know. I just don't. He's on the fence. Um, uh huh. Then you got guys like uh, you know Sam Burns. I don't think he um, he's close. He's definitely in that Ricky Fowler category. Gotcha. Um, you got Keegan Bradley. He's close. Colin, um, I think I think Colin's got to be on there. He's he's had a great season. Um, yeah, you got to have more cow in there. Yeah, right? got to have more cow. Um, he hasn't really won necessarily, but I mean, no, but he's, he's always there. always up there, top always. ten. Uh, Cam Cam uh, Young is another one. Um, right. Kind of again, like you know, hasn't hasn't made a lot of big splashes, but he's been up there a little off the uh, second half of the season, so. And of course, you got old Jordan Spieth. I think Spieth makes it this year. Uh, I think yep. he's got to be up there. He's had a great year, so um, for sure. And a couple of the other notables that made the team. Uh, obviously, we got Scotty Scheffler, you right? Know, the world's number one golfer. Got to have him. Wyndham Clark. Okay. That's a a different name that you don't see up yeah, there. Yeah, but I right. But obviously, very hot season. Uh, U.S. Open champion. Um, Brian Harmon. Yeah, the again. most boring U.S. Open. Was that the one? That was in L.A., right? Oh, the Open Championship. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, yeah, Brian Harmon. So, great year, but also, like you said, yep, leave it at that. Patrick Cantlay, uh, Max Homa, and Xander are all qualified. Um, I mean, you know, 
Yep. I ain't rooting against them, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so we'll see what old Zach Johnson does for those six packed, uh, ca- captain's picks. Yep. But uh, a couple hard choices in there for sure. <sighs> ain't that the truth? Well, let's move on, finish this off with a little football. Yeah, we're at 59 minutes, so we need to slide in some good old-fashioned – so, I know you're a big Gators fan. Let's yep. just jump into it. Yep. Um, pretty cool documentary that's come out last week, uh, last Tuesday. They'll, the Swamp Kings on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Which I can't – we can't go too far into it, not that we have much time anyway. But no, but I've only seen two episodes. You've only so. seen two episodes, so we, we can't talk about all of it. Um, honestly, overall, though, a little bit of a disappointment. I sure. wish they would have included some more uh, drama-filled, you know, storylines. But um, – it's almost football time, which that's the best news of all here. College is going to be true. back, and you know, I know cow. you're not a big NFL guy. Um, no, but I am. I am excited to see the Jaguars. Yeah, how there you they go. fare and how they move. You know, <clears throat> and honestly, um, you know, the Dolphins too. I mean, I was raised a Dolphins fan because we didn't have the Jaguars. Sure. Uh, my mom was born and raised in Miami, and you know a lot of my family came from the Keys and then moved to Miami and then to Jacksonville in the 70s. Uh, my mom actually went to every home game of the perfect season. So, you know, that was just – it was a big deal. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a really cool stat there. Yeah, have. yeah. So, I, you know, and I have some cool autographs of – I've got, like, Larry Zonka and Jim Kick and Shula, you know, some shit like that that, that mom got when she was a little kid. So, um, you know, it was, it was cool because they moved out of Miami, like, very, very soon after that uh, when she was a sophomore in high school and moved, moved to Jacksonville. So, um, yeah, it was great. But uh, I was kind of sort of raised a Dolphins fan, you know. Like, I remember going to a couple Dolphins and Bills games. Uh, I've got a ridiculous photo of me uh, in the 90 – we were we were going to the 92 or 93 AFC Championship game. And it was the Bills came to Joe Robbie Stadium in South Florida. I still call Joe Robbie. I know it's Hard Rock Stadium <laughs> now. Uh, but I drive by it every – Every time I fish, you know, all my guided trips, I drive right by Hard Rock. Um, and uh, I still call it Joe Robbie, but whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a ridiculous photo of 10-year-old Chris in a Dan Marino jersey. And <laughs> I remember my mom got on one of, a couple of the Bills fans' ass because they just had terrible potty mouth. Of course they did. Here was 10-year-old Chris there just uh-huh. learning some shit. Oh, yeah. Learning some shit. But it was it was cool to see that, you know, the Jags and the Dolphins played preseason on uh, Friday night? Saturday. Saturday night game in Jacksonville. And the Jags looked pretty damn good. You know, it was – it was good to see them finish last season strong. Uh, you know, we lost our boy Guffey, who was the Jags fan of all Jags fans. That's for and sure. It was kind of cool to see them, like, really make a run. Um, you know, he got to see that uh, before he passed in December that, you know, they were they were making a move. They are. You know, and got real close. I mean, you know, they're Patrick Mahomes. He played, they played an injured Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. and yeah. Damn near got it done. They did. It was close. It was a great game. Damn near got they it done. Did. They did. But uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm. Although I'm not a huge NFL fan. Yeah. I'm like, but you I'm love them like, Gators, though. Yeah, yeah. Big Gators guy. And, and the the Swamp King thing is 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 pretty good so far. Like I said, I'm I'm two episodes in. Um, 
you know, I was there for some of that. Sure. Um, I graduated University of Florida in December of 2006. So, right. you know, I saw Urban's first season, uh, and, and then I saw the national championship season and went to the I went to the a, uh, SEC championship game in Atlanta for the Arkansas game. Uh, Melissa actually went to the national title game out in Tempe when they beat the ever living dog shit out of the Ohio yes, they State did. University Buckeyes. They did that, uh, which that was that was big. So yeah. yeah. What was the uh, you shared a little story earlier of you and uh, Mr. Tebow getting a picture snapped together? Oh yeah, you know I have to find it. I think my mother still has it. So um, again, my last fall in Gainesville was in 2006. And in the, we were kind of joking. We were like, oh my God, if they fucking show this in the Swamp Kings, this is going to be great. But they didn't. Um, The LSU game in Gainesville was the infamous jump pass from Tebow. Yes. The first time that they unveiled the jump pass. And uh, that's when, you know, they're on like the three or the two or whatever. And Tebow fakes a run and he he jumps and kind of does this real super unathletic move where he like jumps and hangs in the air a little bit and then he flicks it in the air and then the tight end falls down as he's catching it in the back of the end zone. Anyway, so it was a big win for the for the Gators there yeah. in in Gainesville. And I actually was sitting front row in the student section. And as the team came by, they were high fiving and all that stuff. And uh Tebow came by and I was like hanging over and uh, people were high-fiving him and just the way he was like turned, he high-fived like the person next to me and I like pounded my fist on his shoulder pad, like gave him like boom, boom, two like hits. And at the time I didn't know it because we were fucked up and having a, having a big old time. (laughs) Can't imagine. Yeah. Right. And I just like, I pounded on his shoulder pads and I got a phone call like a month or so later. Uh, my buddy that I actually was roommate at Ole Miss, Kirk, he calls me. He's like, tell me you get ESPN the magazine, which is obviously no longer. But I was like, no, I don't get fucking ESPN <laughs> yeah, the magazine. Kid, like yeah. And, of course, in like 2006, he can't just like iPhone picture mm-hmm. me. Uh, but he sends us, you know takes a picture and sends it to me. And uh, it's a pretty good sized photo. And it is that shot of Tebow with the students and I'm leaning over the wall and like pounding on his shoulder pad. Like, it's not just like, oh, you can see just the back of my head type thing. And uh, it was pretty cool. Cause it was like, oh man, that's, you know, to Jacksonville boy, Tebow Mm -hmm. went to Nice and uh, you know, it was it was it was a cool because it was just like oh that was such a fun game like I remember I remember the moment and then to see it in print in a magazine was was kind of cool yeah um, I got it somewhere That's really I'll have cool. to I'll have to dig it out if not I'm sure I can I'll buy it on fucking eBay or something <laughs> find it for four ninety nine somewhere I tried to Google it today after we talked about it it's, yeah I couldn't find it oh, yeah damn. which I'm sure it's it's there somewhere I'm not as smart at googling shit maybe yeah it's hidden in the interweb somewhere i'm sure mm-hmm. but uh yeah thank god college football is coming back soon and thank of course, god and the gators are not going to be good but uh, well yeah you just never know right you don't know yeah sometimes it's it's good to kind of play that not play like the bad team part but they they yeah. have had a few bad seasons back to back to back 
and it you oh know, yeah it only <clears> takes that one game to you know get them all on the same page and then have a big upset you know yeah you never know other, one of their uh, other SEC teams right you know? and to be honest I I have never been a person that is like a big follower of. Like, I know who the quarterback is. I know who the yeah. running backs are. I know, like, you know, you meet people sometime, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we got so-and-so, we got so-and-so, we got so-and-so. Like, sure. I I couldn't name 10 guys on the Jaguars roster. I couldn't name 10 on the Dolphins roster. But I watch the game, and I like it. But I don't lose sleep over it. I don't fucking – you know, I get excited about the Gator games. I If I go, I'm pumped. But I don't know who their mom and dad are, their hometowns, their girlfriends. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't care. To be honest with you, like I'm not really like that with anybody. Like if I saw Michael Jordan, I might be like, Oh, that's really cool. And if I had a chance to like shake Michael Jordan's hand and get a picture with him, yeah. that's one thing. But like you see these people that are like fucking screaming and fainting over t- uh, Taylor <laughs> Swift or yeah. you know, these people like and I'm not talking about a nine year old kid. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a fucking grown-ass adult. Like, after you are over the age of fucking 16, if you're screaming and hollering and fainting about anybody <laughs> famous, like, I just, I'm just not like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not, you know, like, again, if I saw Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods or whatever, like, or Tim Tebow again, I'd be like, oh, that's cool, you know, mm-hmm. shake your hand, oh, hey, or if. They said something or whatever. That's fine. But I'm not going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. That's fucking Michael Jordan over there. I got to like claw my way and step on people's throats to get over there and see him or take a picture or whatever. Like, yeah. Well, it's like we went up to, uh, and this isn't like a, you know, a great analogy there, but we went up to Jacksonville last year for my bachelor party. Yes, we did. We saw Blake Bortles. Who oh yeah, isn't necessarily a Michael Jordan, but he's still an <laughs> no, NFL, he's not. He's still an NFL quarterback, right? Uh, and you know, he was sitting at the bar with a couple of his buddies. We didn't go up and fanboy and be like, "Hey, Blake!" Yeah, yeah. No, or anything. Like, I don't know. We didn't yeah. even like take a picture and no. be like, "Hey, look, we're at a bar, and Blake Bortles is at a bar." Yeah. It's just like uh, I'm just gonna leave him alone, and yeah, he's yeah. What cool. the fuck? Don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he was, he was he's with some human. hot chick. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fucking imagine that, right? <laughs> but no, you're you're exactly right. Like yeah. it's just, I ain't got time for that shit. Yep, yep. But hopefully your Gators are good this year. Hopefully, uh, what's uh, what, who's our coach? Billy? Oh, Billy Napier. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> you don't even need a second guess yourself. Well, you know, it's always just such a fucking. They, they've been through several coaches the past few years. So. Well, and I don't even know who our fucking quarterback is. I mean, it's he's got a terrible name. It's like Mertz or Wurntz or gotcha. I don't know. It's it's a terrible name. I don't know who he is. Uh, and the problem is, is that we had I forget who it was. Somebody that was like supposed to be good. Was it Kitna? John Kitna or Jack Kitna or sure. it was like a a a bigger name in like college ball. It was his son or some shit or whatever. And then the motherfucker goes and gets like arrested for like child pornography or some uh, shit. Yeah, he can't do that. And he like comes from money. Not that this matters, but like you would think he comes from a decent family out of Texas, whatever. And he's, I mean, I could see going out and get like drunk at a bar and having like a, a you know, drunk in public. Sure. Or, or or something, right? You get in a bar fight, okay, whatever. But to have 
child pornography on your phone or camera or some shit. I don't know what it was. And then it's like, that's just next. Just That's just fucked up. Yeah, that is just next level piece of shit type of anything, yeah. you know. And I don't remember even what happened to him. You know, he probably pleaded some bullshit and then has to wear an ankle bracelet and live and whatever. And Fine. Like, no, you ought to be fucking thrown off a cliff. But, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. It's like, I don't know. I don't even really know who. I think it's like Mertz or Wurtz or something. Gotcha. It's a terrible. And I don't know if he's fucking half a shit or not. But I don't know. I didn't particularly like Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. either. You know, I know he's like now playing pro ball. We'll be curious to see how he was. Yeah. I mean, I thought he did some really great things, but it was yeah. it was like your Braves. It was real streaky. Very. He'd be like really, really good, and then he'd pull some shit that you were like, well, what the fuck was that? Or he'd just be running down the field and pull a hamstring. Yeah. And get hurt. Right. Yeah, I haven't followed them very closely over the past few years, but I feel like QB has been their number one. Oh my God! Source of pain. They just cannot find a consistent quarterback that can throw the damn ball and not turn yeah, the ball. Yeah, I don't over think we've had times. a quarterback worth a shit. I mean, you know, since almost like maybe Tebow-ish left. Yeah. And I mean, he wasn't even like a great quarterback, but he had so many other things. He that did. He got it done because he was, you know, had a lot of heart and drive and could bring the team together. Like all this other shit. That, you know, he wasn't just like Tom Brady. Yeah. But hmm. we'll see. We shall see, my man. Well, mm-hmm. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Cover some good stuff, some football, some baseball, some golf. Didn't talk about fishing much this one, but, no. you know, it's just the way it goes. It's sometimes. all right. We didn't yell into the mic too much. Yeah, didn't tonight. yell. Yeah, no, no. Didn't uh, kill half a bottle of bourbon. Yeah. So that's <laughs> it's always good. We got a little knocked off the top of that one, though. Yeah, 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 for sure. But that's some good stuff. Definitely shout out. That's That's... We'll have to go check out the, the distillery there and see what yeah. they got going on. Um, For sure. Oh, I did I did have another. I went back to that bar that I had the Pappy at. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the birthday. Got a little I, birthday pour. Yeah, I got another birthday pour. Um, I don't think. So when that was two months ago, three months ago that I did. At least two. Yeah. Probably. Since then. There has been only one, just by estimating, but looking at the bottle. Yeah. So, just real quick, when I was there the first time, they had just got them. Mm-hmm. So, they had gotten an E.H. Taylor. They had gotten a 10 and a 12 Pappy. Both Pappies and the Taylor had not been opened. The Taylor has still not been opened. The 10 has had one pour out of it. Wow. The 12 has had my pour one other pour, and my pour. Right. So I am two-thirds of the pours out of one Pappy bottle. And I just may, I just don't think anybody even knows it's there. Yeah. Um, I ain't fucking talking about it, publishing it, sure. of, of dropping the pin on it. Um, not that I really care, but. Yeah. Uh, that, I, that's always what's interesting to me. Sorry to cut you off there. But no. the, the, the 10, the 12, and I'm not very familiar with I think there's a 15. And then a 21. And a 21. The 10 and the 12 are not bottles that you would see on the shelf and be like, that's a cool bottle. I like that label. Right. They're not. They're very no. plain. They look like the uh, the bottle is like a, a 
an Eagle Rare bottle. It's kind of like a wine, like a almost kind of a wine look. Bottle. Yeah, very slender, tall. Yeah, it's a little taller and th- more slender than this bourbon bottle here that we have tonight for yeah. Manifest. And to be honest with you, I don't even think it's a stopper. Yeah, it's probably not. I think it's a screw top. <laughs> it probably is. Not that I have anything against it, but yeah. I'm just the E. H. Taylor. I think is a. It's a cork. It's a cork. Yeah. But I I want to say that. I want to say that the pappies are screw tops, but you're exactly right. The there's nothing that screams like this is pappy or this is like you know the yeah. the most sought after bourbon, right? Yeah, there's a yeah twelve, a fifteen, a twenty, a twenty three, maybe. Yeah, so the it looks I can't really tell on here. It looks a little screw toppy, to be honest with you, because I've never owned a. They also don't say Pappy on them, so that's you know, it, it should say old ramp, old old rip, Van Winkle. Well, right? the okay, so the twelve and the ten are very different bottles. Yes, they are. The twelve looks like a very basic ass bottle, and it just says Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, and then in the oval. It just says Van Winkle. Van Winkle. And then I think it says like limited reserve or special reserve or something. And then it says 12 years old. And then some other little basic, just some print that's like not even fancy. No. Like looks like Times Times New Roman. You know what I mean? Now that's the 12, the Van Winkle special reserve. The 10 is the one, the old Rip Van Winkle 10-year-old. Is the one that has like the old man looks like a gnome on it. Gotcha. And it has all that weird script and shit. Um, maybe that's not a screw top. I don't really pay attention when she's fucking poor. I mean, I do it, but not enough to be like, maybe there is a stopper because you can't see it because there's a foil neck on it sure. too. But yeah, the other one just says old Rip Van Winkle and it's handmade bourbon, 107 proof, 10 year. It looks, it looks weird. It, it like the bottle almost looks like the. The bottle looks. What's the? It's like old owl or some shit. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It almost that the ten. Resembles that, the twelve doesn't look anything like that. The twelve looks like a, I don't know. Looks like a rubbing alcohol label or something. Mm-hmm. You know what very I mean? Like it Jane. doesn't. Yeah. Very plain Jane. Um, the 15, though, looks sort of like the other one. It's got the old man on it with the cigar, and it says Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve 15-year-old. Um, that one all is also a 107. And then the 20 is the same bottle as the 15. Looks almost identical. Coloring's a little different. Uh, and then the 23 it's very similar. It just says Pappy Van Winkles. So the 15, the 20, and the 23 are all very, very similar, yeah. like bottles and shit. Uh, whereas the 12 and whatever just is not. Yeah, I feel like the 12, you know, it doesn't say Pappy. It's It looks plain Jane. doesn't have, you know, doesn't scream, you know, no. valuable. It people, doesn't, people it doesn't scream no $120 a pour, right? <laughs> exactly. And it's 90 proof. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just very it's just very interesting. I also did notice that they got a stag in. Ooh. 
which is also unopened. And I probably should have got that. Yeah. But since I saw all the other ones ain't been had a damn pour out of them in three months, I'm not expecting to go back and the stag be gone. Yeah. Or the E.H. Taylor or any of them, to be honest with you. But I would dip. I, I'd go. I would take a pour of stag over probably two or three pours of pappy. Sure. Uh, and I should. I really that. only did it because it was my birthday. And yeah. It was like, you know. Um. Not that that really fucking means right Yeah, you, you, that's the only consideration is, you know, you step into a stag, it's going to be probably a 128 plus. Yeah. Well, you know, it is interesting that, you know, the the Pappy that's a 12 is like a 90, mm-hmm. but then the 10 is 107. Yeah. Yep. So, which is a pretty good jump. It is a big jump. But, uh, yeah, that stag, that, that's that's more my wheelhouse. It's a little higher proof than I would, you know, like to just sip on. But yeah, put a cube on it or, or you know, put it over a cube and you know let let it water down just a touch get a little water in there and yeah. that's that's a now the stag that they had was not the stag that they had was the tall skinny bottle stag george t stag yes oh shit man yeah so that one is the like the one that's like a black label oh man you yeah, I'll go. Let's go tomorrow. <laughs> I'll go back right now. Well, I'm going back tomorrow <laughs> night, so you fucking saddle up. So yeah, it's not the what is Stag Junior, right? The little short bottle. Yeah, the little short guy. Um, yeah, you got the old George T. Stag. Correct, and it the it was like it was weird because it was like turned funny, and you kind of couldn't tell, but I knew that it wasn't the uh, what you call it. I would bet money that you will probably now, of course, JTS, you know, you, you start getting up into like even the 130s, like a 132, 131, depending on what year it is. Yeah. Assuming that's probably this year's. Um, those typically rank, um, you know, like top three, top five bourbons of the year. So, yeah, I would venture to say if I had to put money, you'll probably like that one. Well over that that Pappy Twelve. And it's barrel proof. It is. So, yeah. Well, hell, let's ride up there tonight. Yeah, let's go right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that though. Yeah, I'll definitely to, get that I'll one make next a, time. A special trip since since my birthday was kind of boring. I uh, I'll, uh, I'll make a special trip. I have I haven't seen that anywhere. Like I haven't seen that in a in a restaurant in a store. Interesting. Like period. Of course, you can you know you can buy on secondary for probably like two thousand bucks a bottle, but yeah, I was gonna say it looks like it's the looks like no, that's Junior, Stag Junior's fifteen. So is the George T Stag. It looks like you can buy it. Whiskey caviar. I don't know what the fuck that mm-hmm. is. It's secondary website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. That Pappy like twenty three year was like. That's what. The yeah the 2013 12 year old pappy is twenty one hundred dollars yeah uh, I, th- I thought it'd be more than that to be honest that's yeah that's a very that's probably the rarest bottle of bourbon that, the not tw- rarest ever but the 23 is fifty six hundred dollars yeah that's more, more six there's right ones in. for sixty seven hundred dollars jeez jeez that's just too much <laughs> oh you think yeah you think I'd get a Yamaha F seventy <laughs> for that. Put a new put a new motor on the skiff. Yeah, that's the, a lot for a bottle. The twenties fifty four hundred dollars. Nope, 
I'll say it though, like, you know, of course a Pappy, especially when you get up to like the 15 and 20 and 23, you know, th- those are your unicorn status bottles. I'm telling you right now though, that George T. Stag, that's a, that's a, that's a lower level unicorn bottle. You better, uh, that's cool. You better get after that one. Yeah, absolutely will. And on that note, let's go fire up the truck and go. Let's do it. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Episode five. It was a good one. As usual. As usual. As usual. Golf, bourbon, baseball, football. Yeah. And thanks to our uh, not sponsor tonight for allowing us to pay retail for uh, <laughs> this bourbon, the Manifest Whiskey Project. Uh, all jokes aside, it was pretty good. It is good. It's good stuff. We'll have to go see them pretty soon. We'll, uh, we'll definitely tag them Instagram. Some little shout out. Uh, otherwise, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, as usual, my main man over there, Chris Adams. Yep. I'm Hunter McCamey. We'll uh, see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening.